Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. Here we will delicately and tactfully walk through each psychological issue. Psych! This podcast is meant for entertainment purposes only. This is not intended as individual, psychological, or medical advice. Please proceed at your own risk and always defer to your individual medical or mental health care team. Basically, don't make it weird, guys. Right. (laughs) Hello, everyone, and welcome to Shit Your Shrink Thanks. Three, two, one, let go! Level up, 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 level up. How? This is part of a song, believe it or not. We didn't make that up. No, no, it's actually called Level Up, and I think it's Sierra. Oh, is it Sierra? Yeah. All I know is my goodies, my goodies. Not my goodies. We were on the Petey Pablo is in it. You know that song? I know the song, but I don't know the artist. I never yeah. can remember the artist. I always just know all the lyrics to everything. Yeah. yeah. That was her like big. Her big whatever. breakthrough. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's touching her goodies or something. Yeah. The my main... goodies. My goodies. <laughs> dun, 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 not my goodies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The main message of the song is keep your hands off the goodies, whatever that means. Which is a good message. Yeah. You about can... consent, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sierra, uh, the voice of our generation, really. <laughs> uh, yes, so welcome back, everyone. We are Shit Your Shrink Thinks. We are a podcast about mental health. We are two shrinks talking about stuff we think. Usually we make it funny. We do our best. Yeah. We actually talk about topics that are real and scientifically based most of the time. <laughs> and then, you know, some tangents. So right. welcome. Yeah, welcome. Welcome aboard. Probably don't take our advice too seriously, as is in our disclaimer. <laughs> Welcome to the crazy train. Yeah, exactly. All aboard. You know how Ozzy's. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah. whoa, I'm out of I'm out of control today already. <laughs> this will be great. Yes. I like it. <laughs> yes, I'm very tangential. That's a that's a scientific term for your ears that yes. many shrinks don't know. Tangential. Actually, I think most shrinks do. I, feel or, like I mean, almost, many people don't. Oh, know. people. All shrinks. Know. Yes, I was gonna say <laughs> clients are frequently tangential and circumstantial. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> one day we should go through the lingo, but not today. You're right. That would be a good one. Yeah. Mm. So we wanted to remind you, as usual, that we do have a Patreon. It's www.patreon.com forward slash shit your shrink things. This helps us if you donate. Uh, it helps us keep doing what we're doing. If yep. you're enjoying it, please help us out. We love it. We appreciate the donations. We also have a Gmail, shit your shrink things at gmail.com, as well as Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can find us using yep. pretty much our name. Yeah. If you search our name, generally speaking, we shall come up. Yeah. <laughs> we're there so welcome to this week what was good for you this week i found this thing on tiktok <laughs> oh my god you in this tiktok i know i'm sorry but and i wish i could credit who it was but i really just thought it was like an insightful point and it talked about how most women are raised with the idea that to be a good woman is to be good for other people you're a good mom for your children or if you're good for wife for your husband or a good sister daughter friend then you're good Mm -hmm. and the hard part of that is that your value is then fully wrapped up in someone else's perception of you 
Yeah. And hardly ever is anyone deciding you're a good person because you're taking care of yourself. Yeah. You know, like people aren't like, oh, look at Abby painting and exercise, like taking time for herself. What a good mom. Like people don't yeah. think like that. Yeah. And so it leaves us with an idea that we have to show up for others or we don't have value. Mm. And like we've also said before, we can't control other people's freaking perception of ourselves. Like we yeah. could be doing all the right things and still they're going to project their own issues and securities onto us and say that we're sure holes. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. it just really hit home. And I was like, damn. So I feel like more of us just need to be aware and like break that cycle. Like teach your kids that they're just good. Yeah. Like that no matter what, you don't have to do for others. You don't have to be good to somebody else to be good or to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I had a patient say to me one time, <laughs> what other people think of me is not my business. Yes. And I think about that a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not my business. I don't need to be up in their brain. They yep. don't. That's not my realm. Nope. And I think that's fair. I, I like that. That was sweet. That was a really good one. Yeah. 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 My What's, What's Good yeah. This Week is a, a short story, a, a short, slightly embarrassing story. So have I ever told you why I learned German and mm. not, you know, a useful language? <laughs> no, you. I don't. Maybe you have, but I don't remind me yeah. if you did. Okay. So once upon a time, so nowadays, I was actually just thinking about this because in the car this week, I've been listening to a lot of salsa and I like salsa nice. dancing and porchata and things like that. And I wanted to go take some lessons and I thought... Boy, wouldn't it be cool if I actually spoke Spanish? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why didn't I do that one? Yeah, that would be that would be really nice. And then I was thinking like, oh yeah, I know why I don't speak Spanish. So I had a crush on the German professor, the German oh. teacher. That, <laughs> what happened was I just I got I got twisted up in like what is it? Fantasizing about sixth your or seventh grade. Oh, I, had geez. A, I had a crush, Mr. L. You know you're out there. He was the German person. I don't know. He really loved German. And I guess I loved German because he loved German. That's and that fair. Was, that was where I went with things. That was like, I would say a, a real, one of my first childhood crushes. And of course it was on the teacher. What? I think unfortunately that's a little common. I know. I mean. I was so awkward too. It was like really chubby <laughs> with braces. And I was, yeah, none that of the girls adorable. wanted to learn German. You know, side note, that actually was like pretty good for my hustle later on because it was like me and two other girls in this class. And there was all mm. these boys in this class. I was like, okay, this is. I'm getting more attention. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is working out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It was very Tina Belcher. I don't know if you watch Bob's (laughs) Burgers, but I I was not a smooth operator, and so I needed all the assistance I could get. And so, yeah, I went with it because of uh, Mr. I'm going to just say L at this time. If I ever get famous, I might disclose the name, but... What's up, Mr. L? That's awesome. <laughs> I no longer have a crush on you. I now realize that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> That's why what's good this week. I like it. Yeah. That's funny. That's yeah. funny. So what'd you try for your outside of podcast experiment? Uh, my goal was just to make sure I'm being more aware of like spirituality needs and like maybe calling for backup for people who have some of those things going on that I can't maybe explain. I haven't came across necessarily anything that I've needed to, you know, reach out or whatever mm-hmm. um so it's really just going to be kind of an, an ongoing awareness goal yeah. so yeah this last week we there hasn't been anything too spooky ooky within yeah. my office yeah my spooky ooky clients didn't come in this week so it's yeah. been it's been chill right was but, that your what what was yeah, yeah. Mine, mine was also to try to focus more on spirituality a little bit i 
did a little bit and I felt immediately better and then I mm. stopped. Um, so I don't know what my problem is. I, it's hard to be consistent with. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of kind of like spiritual rituals to me often involve like doing something creative. This is nerdy, but I like to read poetry or listen to a song like in depth and kind of think about the meaning of it Yeah, and try to connect it to what's going on. I like to select something kind of at random and just kind of see what speaks to me and mm-hmm. get into it. And, uh, or sometimes I'll try to do a mindfulness meditation where I kind of visualize like a ball of light kind of moving through my body and getting out all the bad. Ooh, yeah. Uh, or sometimes even like I'll do that in the shower or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or that basket one that you taught me. That oh, one was cool. Yeah. Where I imagine like trying to keep things out. So like, uh, threads of light weaving together and getting closer and closer around me that right. kind of like tightening and tighten and yeah kind of sealing the aura or yeah, whatever yeah and yeah. Pu- pushing out whatever's bad and so I like to do those things I do always feel better afterwards there's both a scientific basis for those things and a spiritual basis for those things so I like them because it's a dual and I did it like once <laughs> and, I, and I felt better I felt great actually and I uh, immediately probably stopped doing it so yeah that's the hard part and I I struggle with that a lot I don't really attend to spirituality that much and almost always when I do I feel better and it's just such a I mean I say I don't have time for it and that's bogus yes I mean yeah no I'm 100% with you on all those things every time I do something along those lines I feel better like I feel connection I feel Mm -hmm. I I just all around feel better but do I do it consistently do I no no no. Yeah, it's not a priority. You're, yeah, and you. I think we Damn all hustle. say, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we all say we don't have time, but it is. I mean, I don't really need to watch that other episode of The Office. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can make time always. Yeah. 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 So, like you said, even doing it in the shower, even exactly. It, it's just a matter of being conscientious and yeah, taking the step, mindful and tuning in, and yeah. not being kind of checked out. Which which is hard not to do after an exhausting day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm working on it, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a process. It's going okay. <laughs> it's <laughs> At least going you did okay. it once. Once is better than none. You know. Yeah. There you go. That's true. So what are we talking about this week? This week, we are discussing Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We've referred to this theory multiple times, so we just kind of felt like maybe we should break it down and discuss it a little bit. First, we're just going to discuss who created the theory, why most mental health-related fields find it to be like a helpful aspect of our education. So if you've taken like Psychology 101, Social Work 101, they threw this at you. Yeah. (laughs) This is... This is a foundational theory. I would yeah. say all psychologists, social workers, licensed independent mental health providers and psychiatrists know this. I yes. don't know a single one that doesn't. Do no. you? I yeah, I think like yeah, like I said, even if you're not this isn't your field, if you've taken one of those basic classes, yeah. you were probably taught this. Yeah, you might have even got it in undergraduate studies. Honestly. Yeah, I think mine was an undergraduate when I first came across it. Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably mine too. So what we have here is in the 40s, a American psychologist, Abraham Maslow, published a paper called A Theory of Human Motivation. He said that people have five sets of needs. They go in a specific order. And once you get to one level, then you can move to the next level, but not until you get the first level met. Right. It provides like a useful summary kind of of human needs and how they build upon each other. And it's, it's just helpful because it provides that framework to assess an individual's needs and what's most important to address first. 
So in other words, kind of like we've said in other things, we can't really help you move past and process your trauma when you're still struggling with homelessness. Yeah. Uh, So we have to address those basic needs first before we can address other things. Yeah. I think think the best example I can think of is... I really don't like to crap on other professionals, but I will say there have been times where I've had tone deaf supervisors where they've said, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just laughing because I'm thinking of so many tone deaf. It's pretty <laughs> common in my perspective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I try, I try really hard not to uh, bad mouth other people in my field. I do my best, but there are some times where it's just like, this is, this person is a buffoon and I really can't avoid it. And mm-hmm. it's invalidating to say under anything else at this point mm-hmm. to other people. So I've had professors where I would be on a supervisory team and they would say, okay, uh, doc, maybe do some cognitive behavioral therapy with this person, do an evidence-based protocol with this person. I'd go in there with my educational handouts and my mm-hmm. worksheets and my this and my that, and I would discover pretty quickly, okay, this person is living in unstable housing. Mm-hmm. They haven't eaten in two days. They haven't bathed, and their partner is abusive. And you're trying to give them a CBT handout about their thinking patterns. Yeah. Do you honestly, they haven't slept in days. You honestly think they can read through a handout in any of those situations. And so really what this is about is for us as mental health professionals, where do we need to start with somebody in order to not be tone deaf about what their needs are? Yeah. As therapists, I was always taught you start where the client's at. Mm -hmm. You start where they're at. And if they're at their basic needs, then you can't be throwing that heavy shit mm-hmm. at them yet. No. Like, that's not realistic. And and a lot of times with different pressures from your hierarchy where you work, mm-hmm. they want you to do that. And, and it puts it's you in a real reasonable. tough spot because it's not ethical to be trying to do that because it's, it's not evidence-based. It's not going to be helpful for the client. And it's just going to be spinning your wheels and confusing them further when they're already struggling. Yeah, it's a waste of time, frankly. Yeah, yeah. So Maslow's hierarchy helps us know, okay, where is somebody in their hierarchy? And then how do we meet them in that place rather than where we want them to be? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. The theory also actually discusses how individuals can get like fixated or stuck in a particular set of needs after experiencing maybe like a really difficult trauma or circumstance. So an example, maybe somebody lived through a period of really extreme deprivation and like lack of security in early childhood. So they end up fixating on their safety needs. So even if they have everything later in life, they're going to obsess over money, whether they have enough food in the fridge. And for Maslow, he thought this was maybe a root cause of some mental health struggles like anxiety and depression. Sure. I think too, somebody can have trauma at one of these hierarchy levels and they can worry so much about that hierarchy level that they get stuck there. They don't even move forward to the next one. Mm-hmm. They just they just stick there. Right. And keep repeating it. Yeah. 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 So overall, when this theory came out, it was a more positive account of human behavior, focuses on what goes right. And I I kind of mentioned too, it normalizes disruptions in this for everybody because it talks about how everybody has these basic human needs and when anybody gets them disrupted then it causes a problem so it doesn't put the issue squarely on your shoulders it's just saying that everybody who had a disruption here would have a problem yeah and it's not necessarily that you are morally defunct or something like yeah well and it also kind of takes that person environment type of situation too it's acknowledging how the external sources impact the internal yeah, situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I which I think was a departure for that time period. Very much. 
in that time period, they were like, you don't have Jesus. You don't have Jesus and it's your mama's fault. Yeah. <laughs> you got some sex issues because your mama. <laughs> like, blame the mom. Talk yes. about whether you have the Lord or not. And you're morally corrupt if you have a mental health issue. And Correct. None of those things are really, yeah, sometimes mom. But for the yeah. most part, yeah, not so much. It was, it was, so this was like an actual theory that kind of strung things together. Yeah. So according to Maslow, we had five categories of needs. The first one was physiological. That's your biological needs. The second one is safety. As you move up the triangle, you're imagining a pyramid. So the, ba- the base is biology, physiology. The next level of the base is safety. The next level is love. The next level is esteem. And the final tippy top of the pyramid is self-actualization. Mm, yes. And later in 1970, they actually did expand it to include cognitive and aesthetic needs, which is right before meeting your self-actualization. And then they added transcendence needs, which is right after self-actualization. Both of these models have the the needs divided into deficiency needs and growth needs. Right. And we'll talk about each of these. It's not important to remember. It's just you just want to get the flavor of kind of how this works. Yeah. Deficiency needs, as you may guess, arise when we have deprivation. Our motivation to fulfill those needs will become stronger and stronger the more they're denied. So if a person, you know, the longer you go without food, the more hungry you're going to become. Yeah, exactly. And we have to satisfy our lowest level needs before moving on to our next level needs. So when you look at the pyramid and you see biology at the bottom, then safety, you have to get your biological physiological needs met first and then you can move to safety right literally building a pyramid i mean you know you 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 can't can't. you can't build the top part unless you've built the bottom part if you don't have your need for (laughs) hunger met then self-esteem is not really going to be high on your list to work on right (laughs) no so this is this is the easiest and i just want to point out how hard it is to do anything at all when that base of the pyramid isn't met anything at all when you're not sleeping when you're not eating when you're not hydrated yeah when you you are freezing or heat exhausted or you have a chronic health condition. I mean, simply just think of the last time you were really sick, you had COVID or the flu or whatever it mm-hmm. was, and how shitty you felt and how much you could do nothing else. You couldn't think about yourself and right. your goals yeah. and the future. You're just like, I just want to breathe again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your whole focus is on get this day quilt in me so I can sleep or yeah. that I can eat or that I can yes. go to the bathroom. Like, right. That's it. Right. Maslow did later note too, though, that it doesn't have to be 100% all or nothing. Mm-hmm. So the lower level needs don't have to be like 100% satisfied yeah. before you start to try to meet those next level of needs. Yeah. Just mostly. Yeah, just you want it to be more satisfied than not before most likely you're going to move on to the next. Right. Those growth needs are later in the pyramid. They don't stem from a lack of something, but rather from a desire to grow. So to move forward. So the base of the pyramid is more like, if you don't have this thing, there will be a problem. And the (laughs) upper part of the pyramid is we're going to actually move towards a thing rather than fulfill a lack. Yeah, right. So, of course, every person desires to grow and be their best versions, but life gets complicated and we just sometimes don't have the capacity to do that. Mm -hmm. 
this is not linear. You know, you could be up into the self-esteem needs and then life throws you a goddamn curve and you lose your job or there's a death or you get divorced or whatever and you end up going back down yes. to those level, lower levels. Yeah, that's really common. And often we encourage people when they get a real hit like that to just meet the basics. Yeah. Until you feel comfortable enough to move to the next level. Also, I wanted to point out you can retain the lessons that you learned when you're at a higher level of the pyramid. Oh, yeah. You can mentally remember them and execute them later and you have the skill set. It's just that they're dormant right now because you can't meet your physical needs or your safety needs, let's say. But it's not like you lost all ability. Right. It's not like you lost all this this self-actualization and esteem things that you previously gained. It's just that right now you have to focus on those other needs. Yeah, the basics. So let's actually break down the eight levels of the hierarchy uh, for everybody so that we can just start at the very bottom. Yeah. And then everybody can see how it progresses. And you can maybe see where you're at in the hierarchy right now and where your needs lie. And I will say, although we're going to go over all eight, I think most people go through the five. Like the extra added ones are not 100% agreed on. Agreed on. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like they can kind of all fit within self-actualization to some degree, but... <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll draw them out, but yeah. it's not most people just use the the five the base, basics. Yeah. Yeah. So the first one is the biology and physiological needs. So that is air, food, drink, shelter, warmth, sleep, clothing, excretion. So, you know, pooping and peeing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these needs are considered the most important. We cannot function properly without these basic needs met. Like we've said in other times, if your sleep is off, everything is off. Yeah. If you haven't ate Everything is off. You know, think the hunger, what, hangry, right? We call it hangry. Yeah. There's there's so much that we can't biologically do and comprehend when these basic needs are off. Yeah, you're not going to comprehend all of these hoity-toity psychological principles and theories of change if you are just dying of hunger or exhaustion. Yeah. It's not going to happen. And sex is often included in this category. Oh, my God. But I know. I think I would it would fit better in the love and belongingness category. Like, I'm sorry, Maslow, but sex is not a freaking basic need. Yeah, Get sex- over yourself, <laughs> fucking men. I swear to God. Do not say that sex is a basic need. It's not. It's really not. It's not. It really doesn't keep you alive. No. Like, putting sex on the level of- I know. Of, of food. food? I know. It, I died. It pisses me off when I see it. I'm just like, are you kidding me right now? I died. I of course, this was created by a goddamn man. <laughs> what? Basic, that's not real. Sorry, no. guys. We're we're just altering the hierarchy for ourselves. We're like, this is not real. You no. will not die if you do not get sex. Correct. Well, it's in the needs somewhere, but it's not. It's not on that basic level, yo. <laughs> like, that's not where that goes. That's so dramatic, man. Right? He's so dramatic. <laughs> I lo- every time I look at that, I just roll my eyes. I know. Yeah. So the next level is, and we talk about this one a lot in terms of readiness for therapy, actually, is safety. Right. So you need to be protected from the elements. So you need to have shelter. You need to have some emotional security. You're not in an emotionally abusive relationship or neglectful situation. Financial security. So you have enough money to survive and not be Yeah, to have that roof over your head and food in your belly. Yes. You have some kind of sense of law and order. There is like kind of a justice system sort of where you are. Uh, You have some sort of feelings of stability. You are free from like chronic accidents or chaos in your well-being. 
and you have overall freedom from fear. So generally, you can predict your environment. Now, think about it. A lot of people can't say this. Mm -hmm. This is so if you're trying to perform psychotherapy where somebody doesn't have their basic safety needs met, you're going to kind of be more in a social work department, really, and just be focusing on helping them get their safety. How do we get you safe? Yeah. We're not going to be doing... You can't operate when you're in that fear mode and Mm -mm. survive, you know, it is a survival mode still at this point. Yeah. We're not going to challenge negative thinking patterns. (laughs) No. Do mindfulness skills when your house is on fire, man. That's just not a good idea. And so... Yes, we, we want to establish safety needs and predictability and control in people's lives and environments before we're moving on to intense psychotherapy. So that would be more, again, social work type skills, foundational right. skills, getting people access to resource, resources. Yeah. So the next one. The next one is love and belongingness needs. So that is having friendships, kind of this feeling of intimacy and trust, acceptance, receiving and giving affection and love. And just kind of affiliating or feeling like you're a part of a group, whether that's family, friends, or work, you know, feeling that connectedness with another person Mm -hmm. and feeling kind of, again, that intimacy and trust is is really vital. Yeah. This is a, it makes sense because we're primates, we're social creatures. Right. Even those of us who are more introverted, we require social contact and Mm -hmm. we require the feeling of belongingness and group affiliation. So it's lower on the spectrum, definitely. And I would say that for therapy, if you're a therapist, this is a good entry point. This yeah. is a fine entry point to kind of come in when somebody's at this level. Right. Because um, a lot of times people, that's part of where why they do come in is because they aren't feeling that connectedness with other people and they're struggling to communicate mm-hmm. or to have boundaries mm-hmm. and they don't really know how to create the sustaining relationships they want to create. So that's a very valid time to come in and start yeah. getting therapy. Yeah. I would yeah. say, unfortunately, most of my clients come in at the safety. safety. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I'm like, what? It, ah, we gotta get you out of this what yeah like, then they think they're at love and belongingness yes they think they've moved into and this is not me saying like oh i'm some kind of fancy expert i know but i'll ask some basic questions like hey do you feel safe in your house and they're like no oh okay right so now we have to we really have to look back and and do more resource gathering but yeah usually therapy would be best at loving belo- love and belongingness it just when you're a therapist doesn't work that way at all yeah yeah <laughs> We, we can't feel that connection and positive interpersonal relationship until after we feel safe and stable and fed and, you yeah, know, yeah. like that's part of what this hierarchy is about. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, a lot of us look for love in the wrong places. So this is a great area to start therapy because a lot of us are seeking support, belongingness, love through people who are maybe not the best yes and so this is why a lot of times this is a good place for therapy because rather than being alone people will put up with Mm -hmm. it really negative situations or relationships or or toxic relationships and they start therapy here and we start to kind of address it right yeah that's exactly what i was going to say people get caught they want that belonging so much that they stay in these really toxic environments and relationships because it is it is an essential thing in our life to to feel a connection. So sometimes we'll accept that from people who actually aren't, you know, don't have our best interests in mind. Yeah. And it does explain a little bit why people stay in these relationships. Because, again, connection is a basic human need. Yeah. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. So what's, what's the next, next one? one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got you. Okay. Esteem needs. So this is two categories. A feeling of esteem for oneself 
dignity, achievement, mastery, independence, and freedom, and the need to be accepted and valued by others, some kind of status or prestige or recognition. I would say like just recognition and validation really yeah. for people. Like I see you for who you are is the other's one. Yeah. And Maslow did note that the need for respect or reputation is more important kind of in adolescence. Yeah. And in that age range, people tend to place more value on how they're viewed by others than their view for themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's self- Hopefully as we age, we're placing it more on ourselves. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. But again, people get stuck. Yeah. (laughs) And this is another great one where people end up coming into therapy. If somebody came into therapy, I don't even know what it would be like to have a patient come into therapy with just esteem needs. Wow. What a dream. I've seen where it's a mix of the esteem and the love and belonging. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I don't I don't get those anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm in the I'm in the ER department of therapy. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. Was this bullet wound this week? No. Right. Boo, I'm or you think you pull the bullet wound out and then they yeah. come in with three more. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. So esteem is fairly basic. Then we have cognitive needs. This is a desire for knowledge, understanding. This one is so important to me. If I don't get this, my brain will die. Curiosity, exploration, discovery. You need to make meaning out of things. You need to discover. You need to explore. Your brain needs to have fun with other brains and mm-hmm. and learn and grow yeah. and increase your intelligence through what you find interesting or important. You yeah. need to explore your passions mentally. And that's the thing. It's your passions, what you find curious and interesting and, you know, further learning about that. People, I think the school system makes people think they don't like learning, but you just don't like learning what the school's teaching you. Yeah. Like you, you do have something that drives you and that you're fascinated about and that you're like, oh my God, I could listen to this for days or I, you know, that's true. I want to learn more things about this. So it's really important to let ourselves be creative and explore those things that are important to us. And so then the next one is aesthetic needs. Yeah, this one is interesting. I mean, these are all the cognitive, the aesthetic. Were added. And and transcendence are all added. So these are not ones that we necessarily learn. But I thought the aesthetic ones are really interesting. I don't know how much I view it as a need personally. Yeah. Like for other, like a a basic need. But I can see, I can see an argument. It's kind of the arts. It's beauty, balance, finding things aesthetically pleasing, Mm -hmm. being the presence of beauty and nature, carefully observing. So it's like a mindful attendance almost to things that are beautiful and creative. Yeah. It's almost like poetry, the arts, that sort of and I can I can vibe with how that would be important to connect to. Right. I can vibe how it would be within the self-actualization. You know, we at this level, we're kind of like looking for the good, looking for the beauty in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like how we talk about how there's a lot of research when you get into nature, it's legitimately cathartic to most people. Mm-hmm. There's something about that experience that helps us feel stable and secure and one with other things. Connected. Yeah. Yeah. I think that when patients come in at either the cognitive needs or the aesthetic needs piece, we're usually doing wellness-focused therapy or positive psychology, mm. which is fun. Yeah, like the yeah, definitely. That is a fun. That's yeah. a fun range to be playing yeah, with yeah. for sure. It's it's less scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot less scary. People are coming in because they want to make meaningful lives, mm-hmm. less because they're trying to avoid something or get out of a trauma or end something terrible, and more because they're approaching something, which can be fun to work with. Definitely. Yeah, Yeah. they're again, they're exploring those things that that feel good to them. And 
like we talked about in that cleaning episode, if we're in an environment that isn't comfortable mm-hmm. or chaotic, you know, those aesthetics do matter yeah, sometimes. Definitely. So. Definitely. Next is self-actualization, which is a fancy word for like reaching self-fulfillment. You feel like you're at your peak of your personal experience. You're becoming all you want to be. Mm-hmm. Be being, all you can be. You're being all you can be. <laughs> you're at your tippy top of yourself. You are your best you, your best parent, your best student, your best version of you, whatever that is. You mm-hmm. are self-actualized. That's yeah. what that means. Uh, like Sunny was saying, it's what you think. Again, this yeah. is very specific. One person might focus more so on the parenting role. One person might focus more so on their career or the arts. Mm-hmm. It's all what lights you up mm-hmm. and where you feel fulfilled. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think everybody – well, I'm, the biological needs tend to be more concrete and yeah. the safety needs tend to be more concrete. Past that point, there's a little flexibility. Yeah, because – well, again, it's because th- those these are the growth things. These are the expansion things. So mm-hmm. it's kind of more like that soul calling or what have yeah, you, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You want to grow in the direction that where, you know, where the light shines for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is about finding your meaning and purpose, these later stages. And the last one is transcendence needs, which I had not known. I kind of thought this was just self-actualization. But right. But I kind of see this as <laughs> – Maybe I should not say this. It reminds me of like a really serious drug trip. (laughs) (laughs) When you like. That out of body experience. Uh, (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) If you were to trip, say, on a hallucinogen and then you come to some sort of like serious spiritual conclusion afterwards. Microdosing stuff. Yeah, that's what that reminds me of. (laughs) Maybe I should not have said that. Whatever. Anyway, so it's transcending beyond your personal self into a mystical kind of connectedness sometimes right it can be mysticism it can be nature based it can be aesthetic based it can be sexually based it can be religious or even science yeah right like when you feel as though you are at the honestly science could be your god you know this is something you feel like you're at the pinnacle of your understanding you're reaching a oneness with the universe you're reaching kind of an understanding through science of where you belong in Mm -hmm. the you know, cosmos, that could be a transcendent experience. Yeah, you're you're so connected with yourself and what your passion is, that it's really like it's like a spiritual thing. And, yeah. and sometimes it is actually referred to as spiritual needs. Mm-hmm. You can get it through drugs, man. <laughs> oh, God. Just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> don't don't, do don't play that game. Don't, it's a dangerous slope, man. Don't do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But so, yeah, we're looking to expand ourselves outwardly through our experiences and Often, too, also through helping others. Some people kind of feel this need by connecting and helping other people, Oh yeah, you know, with their own self-actualization. That's a good point. I've actually said to clients before, I don't know, did you ever listen to, gosh, what was that podcast with John B. McLemore? Serial, I think it was. Ooh, okay. I know I haven't, but I've heard of the okay. guy. Maybe it, maybe it was. Anyway, there was a scene where this gentleman was talking about how he felt most at home when he was in this tattoo parlor and getting tattoos and he called it church. (laughs) And for me, actually, it has been a little rough, honestly, lately, just with the pandemic. But that that was client care for me. Yeah, is was this is my church. Uh, There are times where sometimes you connect, you can tell your I don't know, doing some kind of weird soul retrieval. Yeah, legitimately. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And you 
it's a weird transcendent experience. I bet I would bet like a surgeon would say that about mm-hmm. when they're in the zone yeah, and doing yeah, helping save lives. Yeah, yeah, it's the zone, it's the flow when you when you're like in your highest level of functioning and abilities and you're able to do something that you know other people maybe couldn't or you're experiencing a powerful moment with a client that Mm -hmm. to me is like church it is i find that transcendent at times for sure i agree with you 100 percent. there are definitely times where i'm during the session or after the session where i'm like wow that like that was an experience for me as much as it was for them like that (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is weird. You kind of know too. Like both of you know, you can feel the energy in the room shift. And yes, you're, you're, you just unlocked some kind of a door. Yeah, that you to be unlocked. Yeah, kind of like whispering <laughs> together. I found the skeleton key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've discovered some kind of secret about their history or truth, and yes, you you are very reverent of it. I think, and that can be transcendent. So there's yeah, there's lots of different options for transcendence. Yeah. Uh, I think monks would say you know kind of buddhist monks say that there's some kind of transcendence and letting go of the idea of the personal self Mm -hmm. there is lots of options so yeah you do you if you get there awesome right god i would love to do psychotherapy with somebody who just who wants transcendence yeah hell yeah that would be amazing wow wow that would be fun it would be really enjoy that sort of work i don't know how i would get there but (laughs) i would love it that'd be fun (laughs) but yeah again like we'd kind of said before so a lot of a lot of the people look at just the five instead of the eight. So like the cognitive needs, the aesthetic needs, or the transcendent needs can kind of all go into the self-actualization mm-hmm. category. Yeah. But we wanted to break down the whole kit Just so you guys knew. And yeah. And it's, God, it's so good for me to think about. Are you in like a particular one of these or do you float in some of these? I think I may be in the self-actualization and occasionally I tip my toe into the transcendence and come back. Mm-hmm. And occasionally I need the aesthetic stuff because shit gets a little messy for me and i'm a type a yeah sure (laughs) so i'm probably in the and i mean cognitive too i'm always trying to learn so i mean i think all those top things that are kind of connected with Mm self-actualization there's occasional issues with esteem that i have to read dab back into too but yeah yeah i could i could totally see that how about you yeah i think right now i I float between all of those like you're talking about i think right now i'm in a place where my cognitive needs are not being met and so that's very clear to me. And so I'm doing a lot of things to rebalance that. I would assume that some people have more cognitive versus more aesthetic. Some people have more yeah transcendence versus cognitive, right? I seem to have like very high cognitive needs. I can see that about you I for sure. You have to. I yeah. cannot not be learning something. Yeah. I'm like a shark. <laughs> I have to keep moving and it, it really bothers me when i don't feel like my brain has something new to play with yeah and it gets bored and (laughs) self-destructive so i'll teach you something today (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna start a fight like it's just like i just need stimulation and so yeah so i'm in the cognitive needs phase and i've the podcast is part of it is trying to i agree it's helping me with that yeah need yeah and and be attuned uh but career switches I think for me are on the horizon and could be part of it too and that would help to balance the cognitive needs but yeah then I tend to float to transcendence needs I like float between those two a lot yeah so yeah it just kind of depends so what are the there are some shortcomings to the theory I mean it's right. it's a great theory it is also just a theory correct right? yes this is not a fact this is a theory and yes yeah. so what's kind of the 
So one of the major problems is that this theory cannot be empirically tested. No. So there's there's no way to measure precisely how satisfied somebody is with one of those levels before they have to meet the next level or operate on a higher level. Mm-hmm. There's there's no way to measure basically any of this. Like even even the basic needs sometimes it's everybody's slightly different, right? You yeah. might need less sleep than somebody else. Yes. So it it's really hard to have a real scientific mm-hmm. grasp. Yeah, this is this is one of the rare things. I mean, maybe not rare, but I will support this without total and complete empirical validation. Right. And the reason why I support this is because one, it makes common sense. Yes, I agree. Uh, Two, we see it so frequently in session. Mm -hmm. I've never seen a patient who is homeless be able to just then self actualize when they're unsafe. (laughs) Like that doesn't happen. Right. And so. We have a lot of anecdotal evidence, I would suppose you would say, bordering on factual. And right. So it's really hard to scientifically test this. Yeah. It's hard to create a randomized clinical trial for what is transcendence. Yeah. There's different definitions. And then plus the other thing is that these don't necessarily go in a specific order. Like we're talking about, you know, the first two maybe. Yes. The first two are kind of the main ones I think that kind of do, but yeah. the rest of them, meh. You can float between, you can go up yeah, and down. Yeah. And for different pe- different strokes for different folks, somebody might have the esteem need before the love need, right? We definitely know some of those people who are like, what other people think of me is more important than being liked. Like, yeah. fuck y'all. I just yeah. want people to respect me. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So people are a little different. So ranking past those base two, you know past the biological, past the safety, it's hard to say what the true ranking is. I think everybody's a little different. Yeah, I agree. And then obviously it's culture bomb. So yes. this is our Western view, uh, culture and assumptions. We are, th- this doesn't always apply validly for other cultures. I think mm-hmm. it could if we expanded it in a lot of ways. Again, I think the biology and the safety stuff. Right. Is pretty basic for uh, just a human uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But when you get to, again, transcendence, I mean, who says that's at the top for certain cultures? Yeah. And who says that a cognitive need is anything for certain cultures? Right. I mean, I think that it is broad, but, you know, it's not all encompassing. And of course, people live in poverty. And uh, I mean, so it's clear that people who are, are still capable of higher order needs, such as love and belongingness, when they live in poverty. So it's right. not... You know, we're not saying you have to meet 100% of safety needs, for example, or 100% of biological needs. And there's no, like, clear version of how much of those things you need to meet to move to the next level. And that's why it's kind of fluffy. It's yeah. It's going to be a fluffy theory. I like fluffy, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a little simplistic, you know. Sure. It's, you know, one product or service could satisfy, you know, several needs at once. So maybe your friendship with somebody could satisfy your love and belonging and your self-esteem. Yeah. Overall, like you said, I I like it versus I don't like it, but there there are fair shortcomings and fluffiness to it that isn't meh. The reason why we present it to you guys is I I think that uh, Mikhail and I are often just stunned by how People are unaware that they need to be, mm-hmm. meet their basic physical needs before they engage in therapy or meet their basic safety needs before right. they engage in ther- therapy. We, I, I cannot tell you the amount of times I've said, we have to get you sleeping. Yeah. I, you have to sleep first before right. this happens or you have to eat on a routine schedule. You can't go days without right. – 
I can't do anything with you until we're doing these other things. And so it dumbfounds people. And Michaela and I are often like, what? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like people come in all the time and they beat themselves up because they're not doing what they think they should be doing. They're not doing the Mm self-actualization or their esteem is low or, you know, or they're not getting that connection. I'm like, yeah, you're not getting any of that because you don't have your basic effing needs met. You can't, your brain can't comprehend those other things until your body has what it needs to survive, yo. (laughs) Take a step back. (laughs) They're asking us to come in and run a marathon and we're like, have you tried walking? Right. Have you even stretched yet? Like... Like, oh, I've never walked before. And yeah. And at that point, you're thinking, okay, we have to go way, way, way back. Right. So it's a lot about expectation management. And we just kind of wanted to put that out there is, you know, maybe don't be so hard on yourself. If you're not meeting the basics, there is no way. I mean, of course, you're going to be having a hard time with the other things. So be ease up, be gentle with yourself. Like, again, sometimes it's not our fault that we're in a certain stage. Mm -hmm. Like, sure. I mean, if you can acknowledge the part you played and maybe why you're where you're at, but a lot of times there are those external forces that literally throw us into something that we don't want to be in and yeah. fucks everything up. Yeah. You know, if you have chronic medical insomnia, it's over. <laughs> shit. You, <laughs> you know, know if, yeah. if if you're like stuck in some kind of abusive situation and there are legitimate reasons that are making it very difficult to leave and f- seek safety, mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah. Like, we, made, we need to start and focus there. Yeah. We don't be, don't, don't be hard. No. Yeah, absolutely. So I think for my outside of podcast experiment with this, I'm I just need to re-remember the sleep one. The sleep one always on the basic level evades me with people. Not evades me, but I always assess for homelessness and safety and mm-hmm. all these and food and and substance use and all that stuff. But I've been a little loosey goosey with the sleep and I now realize how (laughs) How yeah yeah we've said it was important but through experiences you're like fuck yes it is (laughs) this is like literally can shut your whole shit down so it's really important to for me to go back and continue to assess that and take it a little bit more seriously i I think sleep concerns are so normalized in our culture Uh, yeah and then it's like because you you got to work for the man doesn't matter if you haven't slept in days Americans are weird about caffeine and <sighs> that's who. Oh my god. And we Some just people keep... never drink water. They literally only drink caffeine. Oh, I, I know. Oh my god. It's a lot. People are not doing well. <laughs> no. Americans, no. we having a hard time. We, we are, a hard man. Time. <laughs> we doing our best. We struggling. Yeah. Yeah, we're struggling. <laughs> and in so, denial about it. Yeah, and uh, just like large vast quantities of Americans are having sleep problems and mm-hmm. that's half of the time sleep is a generator for depression anxiety blah 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 yeah and i do address it when people come in with it and like mention it and stuff but i think i'll gloss over things as okay well this is normative for the cultural standard yeah and that's true it's normative for the cultural standard but does it mean that it's healthy no right and i think i need to just be more aware of that that's and cool focus on that part of maslow's hierarchy yeah for clients and for me honestly hey <laughs> I can go there too. <laughs> we both need it. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I think for me, I just want to make sure when I am helping someone and they are kind of in that beating themselves up phase that I want to just talk to them a little bit more about this theory. Because I think sometimes I, I express it to them basically, but I think if I actually showed them like, here's a fucking hierarchy, like yeah. this is a real thing. Like sometimes I feel like my words are win- like, they're just like, okay, whatever. Well, yeah. I still need to be doing these things. Even yeah. if you say I should be nice to myself. Yeah. It's like, 
no, here's a here's a picture. Here's the picture. Of Look at the picture. This pyramid. Yeah. You can't build higher on the pyramid because you're here. Yeah. Yeah. So this I want to like. You are. <laughs> yeah. I want to maybe actually get out the image a little bit more and that's a good idea. Help people kind of see where they're at a little more. That's a good idea. Uh, the, the visual representation could be pretty helpful. Lush. Like, you know me, I'm a handouts person. I need that visual aid. So, and I feel like sometimes with people, they need it too. Yeah. So, so speaking <laughs> speaking of, that's actually part of my joke. So oh, awesome. All I, all I saw, it's not like a formal joke, but when you look at the pyramid, you see that the biology is at the bottom. And I was looking up jokes for this and I saw one that put Wi-Fi as like another level <laughs> underneath. <laughs> Uh, And I was like, well, that's good. I'll bring that up. But I didn't have a – I have one more formal joke, but I'll let you give me one if you have one. Okay. I did have a couple. Oh, okay. Hit me. Okay. Why are elevator jokes so classic and good? They only go up? No, that's not right. They work on many levels. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah. All right. I got one. (laughs) A receptionist says to a psychologist, doctor, there's a patient here who thinks he's invisible. The psychologist says, tell him I can't see him right now. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, punny. That is good. This one uh, doesn't have anything to do with anything, but I liked it. Yeah, hit me. (laughs) (laughs) I got some sad news today. I got kicked out of my local park. Oh. I was trying to arrange all the squirrels by their heights, and I guess they don't like me critter sizing. That's so dumb. I thought that was going to be something like, oh, I'm totally nuts, you know, nuts with squirrels. No. Fair. No. Yeah, no, that's no, awesome. I was sizing the critters. I really like that. That was good. So dumb. The dumber, the better. Like, that's my favorite. Yes. I love those. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today on our discussion of Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. And we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Level up. Level up.